Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound, Pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are super happy that you are listening wherever you're listening from, in the car, walking down the street, sitting on a bus stop. Uh, flying in a plane. Flying in a plane. Flying the plane. Flying the plane into a bus stop. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no! Yeah, and uh, if you are listening anywhere, maybe you're listening on Spotify. And if you're not, maybe you should try listening on Spotify, because we're on Spotify now. Oh, Spotify? So, yes, sir. Uh, we have somebody very special in line, because we like to interview boutique builders of guitars, pedals, amps, and other gear. So who might this be on the line? Hey there, I'm Christian Turgeson. Uh, I'm Matt Manis. And we are um, some of the leaders of Adventure Audio. For a second, I thought you forgot the name of the company. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <You> yeah. hesitated. <laughs> We're uh, yeah, a- what, Adventure Audio. Right, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Adventure Audio, yeah. Yes, the leaders of Adventure Audio. If anybody has seen their pedals, some of them are pretty crazy. If you've heard them, that's confirmed. If you haven't, Please go check them out on Instagram right now and or on the internet. And if not, just listen along to the smooth sounds of the guitar knobs, babies. <laughs> All right. Um, we're excited because these guys make some cool stuff. They're very active out on the internet and very engaging with their audience and consumer base, which I dig. I think that's mighty cool. We're going to get into that later. But first, almost no news. It's, there's there's a lot of news brewing. It's just not here right now. No news is good no. news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's just get into things, shall we? Antoine? Yes. What is happening in your world this week? My world this week? Uh, let's see. One of the fun things I did this week is a buddy of mine had a, a early 60s uh, Harmony H74 that was missing a guard and... The little, uh, there's like spacers that go underneath the pickups or gold foil pickups. So he brought it over and uh, he had one of the spacers, which originally were made of wood, but I decided that it would look cooler if we did uh, did them out of clear plex and thick, you know, so the one was like, I think a quarter inch, one was three eighths of an inch mm-hmm. and they looked really cool. I, I posted some things on Instagram that showed some of those, but it was a fun little project. He, uh, I mean, it's it's a, actually kind of a cool guitar. Uh, it was missing the, it had a Bigsby factory Bigsby, but it was uh, missing the the arm for it. So I found mm. a, a good arm that worked with it, and and of course, you know, you'd never get all the parts that you need to put something like that back yeah. on. So you know, a couple of trips to the hardware store and found uh, found exactly what we needed and got it back up and running. So. Um, nice. he's got, he's got a little more restringing, little setup work on it left to do, but, uh, it, I, th- I thought it came out pretty cool and I, I just love the look of that real polished out thick plexiglass. So that was kind of, that was one of my fun things I did this week. Radical, man. Radical. Sweet. Let's hear from Matt. What's going on in your music world this week, bud? Well, I play in a, a two piece called dog math. And I'm slowly but surely working on writing more material for that. I play baritone guitar, uh, and another guy that works with us plays drums. Under the general umbrella of math rock. So I do that. Uh, I'm working on writing stuff for that slowly but surely. But I also uh, have been head over heels into the uh, modular synth world and general 
non-musical audio world. So I'm also working on, I carry a field recorder around in my backpack when I go to places that I don't typically go to and just leave it on. So like I have like hours and hours of recordings from like Boston, New York city and just ambient like, like culture sounds. Yeah. Thing like, it'll be like cool. a, well, about the bus sneezes. Yeah. Well, so the thing that, that, that really makes me want to do it, that like interests me about it is the fact that like every city sounds different. Every place sounds different from another place. Like subway in Boston, the trains don't sound the same. The intercom that announces the next stop isn't the same voice. The, uh, the beeping sounds that happen when the train stops, and the doors open aren't the same. The sound that the doors make when they open aren't the same between like New York City and Boston or anywhere else with a subway or a bus. Capturing all of those sounds, it's kind of like an objective way of like taking stock, measuring and remembering what happened. And then later I can go through and I can take those out, take out the significant things that made one place differential from another place. And then I can edit, manipulate them to make, uh, hopefully to make a piece that is way more subjective. And it's like, it's an objective thing that happened. This was a time and a place and a memory, but here is the representation of how I felt during it. Mm. That's Dang, all being man. cultivated in, uh, in the, your project, our roommate, Chris. Well, we'll get into, getting into some of that stuff. So my other, my housemate and I, we do this like two piece improv, like noise thing where he plays drums and I start with a unpatched modular synth. But that's a little bit different from this. This is like a yeah. like solo thing that like I'm doing on my own time. But so I play a dog math, math rock thing. And then I do a half hour set improv noise band. And then I am also working on cultivating uh, albums from different places and times of like manipulating recordings from those places. Wild. Yeah. Now might be a cool time to shout out that uh, that thing with Noah from Death by Audio. He oh, kind yeah. of gathered all these weird people together. Yeah, yeah. And, he uh, and our uh, our friend Matt Heaton they uh, they started a tape label called Ten Trimmers. And my housemate and I, our uh, project Wave Beater is like the the modular synth drums noise thing. We're on a compilation cassette tape with a bunch of other really cool artists, uh, and that cassette tape has just been released. You know, if you look up like Bandcamp, Ten Trimmers, you can find it. I think we're uh, we're the end of side A and the start of side B. That's that's awesome, man. You sounds like you got an awful lot going on. More than I uh, fortunately have been able to find time to adequately execute. It's better to have too much to do than too little to do. I think. Yeah. Are you using well? Are you using any of your own pedals to do any of this stuff with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm looking at my board that I use for Dogmath right now, and I have two different Dream Reapers on it. Holy mackerel. I've got... Well, I, I, I have been using three for a little bit, because I have serial number one of the stock model, um, and I have one of the two custom purple ones that uh, Dirge Electronics did. Mm -hmm. um, so we gave one of those away. Um, and I kept the other one and then I had one of the black ones that we did the limited run of, uh, but I recently gave it to housemate, the same guy playing wave beater with, uh, I gave it to him for his birthday. Well, that's cool. Right on, man. Sounds like uh, you are a very busy dude. Try to be. Jared, what's going on in your, your music world there, bud? I have so much stuff going on. I really do not know what to bring up. How about one thing? Okay. It's about pickups. It's not about me selling pickups, but it's about pickups. That's good. Zachary, um, my good friend, 
he has been helping a few gentlemen with their purchases and straightening them out, advising them because they're spending a lot of money on vintage gear. And one of the things that was sent to Zachary to check out that was purchased by one of his friends is an original 1959 double cream Gibson PAF humbucker. Just the humbucker, or just the, the humbucker itself. Okay. Well, just out of wow. curiosity, just, what's something like that worth? Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you think he paid for that? I'm going to guess five hundred bucks. That's where I was going to go. Uh, about tree fifty. <laughs> I give him seventy five cash money on the table. <laughs> Does anybody want to make a serious guess? Fifteen hundred. Seven thousand five hundred fifty three. Thirty. I was going to say seven fifty. $3,500. Oh, that's idiotic. That's ridiculous. They Sets will sell for close to $10,000. That's insane. Wow. No. I'm serious. But, so insane. but if they, now, if, if you need those for your 59 burst, then you don't need a yeah. 59 chances burst. Chances are you I, can afford that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it should be worth 10 grand if Gene Simmons like spit on it or something. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I it, should be, it should be worth less if that happens. <laughs> yeah. They actually did buy it from the lead guitarist of Buck Cherry. Well, there you go. But uh, it, <laughs> that sounds it, weird. And that doesn't matter. It, the only thing that matters is that it was authentic, and it totally is. It's very clean. Yeah. It's authentic. It's actually one of the first times I got to see an actual um, double cream uh, PAF because they're very, very rare. And you mean like out of a guitar? Out of a guitar, yes. I've seen them in... You know, I and think Demarzio still makes them. And, yeah, and uh, they're very rare, very expensive. So I thought it was really cool. That is to cool. That's au- cool. Authenticate. Authenticate. Yeah, authenticate. Yeah, authenticate. Authenticate. We got you. Yeah, authenticate. All right, authenticate. Christian, authenticate. Help him out of this. What, what's going on in your authenticate. music world? Oh, man, I. I'm going to be honest, I don't play too much music. I used to a lot a couple years ago, but um, me and my girlfriend kind of play in a joke band where we just change the name of the band every week after different Gatorade flavors. It's not still Riptide Rush? No, it it was Riptide Rush. I think we're kind of moving out of that. You know, so we just, I mean, we just kind of play like, you know, White Stripe stuff and, you know, the cars and, and I love the cars, whatever. Man. What, what do you do when you can just kind of do? What do you do when you run out of uh, Gatorade flavors? Go to beer. Uh, there's, there's so there's, many. Though. Yeah. There's probably, I mean, that we can move to discontinued Gatorade flavors. There's like <laughs> that, the that vintage, that would, you know, that would be double cream Gatorade flavors. You know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some like Japanese versions or like just foreign versions yeah, where right. they name things really differently. That what about be, like red yeah. or grape or green? Uh, hey, we could do, yeah, we'll just go plain donkey I mean, orange. Though, Riptide rut. <laughs> Riptide Rush is such a good name, though. It, it really yeah, is. that is like, a great one. I like. I don't want to limit you guys, but I wish you would stick with that one. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Maybe we'll consider it. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Okay, I'll just tell you. Tony, what Tony's is going being, on in your music world? Tonight, so I'm on this search, and I've reached out to people on the internet. My new amp doesn't have reverb on it. It's the first amp that I've ever had that doesn't have reverb. So I was like, well, now I got to get a reverb pedal. And I was actually thinking about getting a delay pedal too, but I was waiting on that. And so I was on the search for a reverb pedal 
and or maybe a delay pedal. And you know, people like jumped on the message board and uh, or the you know Facebook group. I guess you should I could say, yeah. and we're super helpful. Lots of good examples. An overwhelming vote for the Hall of Fame, which I've owned before, and I get it, but I wanted something different. So I am still looking. And the the search goes on, so I've been just actively just I think researching you, the heck out of it. I think you need it. an Echoplex. I wouldn't be pissed about an Echoplex. I think you should get. Are, are you looking for like a reverb delay combo pedal or separate pedals? I'm looking for for a reverb with I don't know if it. I, I'm open to like reverb that does other stuff. Um, I'm looking. I just want something that gives. It's a super dry signal. So I got the I got the Supro Black Magic and it sounds awesome, but it is oh, nice. dry. Yeah. So yeah. I need to get I need a I need a little bit of life in it. And, but I don't need a lot. Nice. I'm not doing like emo verb stuff. You know what I mean? Um you, you know what you should do is email the customer service at Supro because our friend Andy runs that but we, we should address them as supra yeah he was telling so we drove down to nam with him <laughs> it, there was people saying like super and like supro uh-huh. and like misspelling it all and they were like i can't get it to like be loud how do i do that and he's like maybe just turn the volume <laughs> up a little louder and like, that worked thanks so much like <laughs> oh, stuff boy. like that but if if you email them and you're like hey this is Todd from guitar knobs like Christian said, email you about a reverb pedal. He will have a lot of recommendations for you. He's a very knowledgeable individual. Will do. I Well, I do. I have reached out to him and uh, I I haven't heard back, but now I'll drop your name and see if I can get anywhere with it. Yeah. Will yeah. do. I'll, I'll send him a text too. He's the Oh, dude. rad. He sound, yeah, I'll sounds like a good... good... I'll be like, Andy, answer your email. <laughs> 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 I'll just send him a text. I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, guys. I appreciate you sharing what's going on in your music world this week. And now... One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Okay, four on the floor. Adventure audio. We're going to start with Matt. Give us your four on the floor, bud. First one, I feel a little self-congratulating uh, on this one. But honestly, one of them would be the Dream Reaper. I did design it for a reason, and it was because it made a bunch of noise that I wanted it to make. Essentially, it functions like a really crude, dirty... Uh, voltage-controlled oscillator. So you're essentially, in a less-than-perfect manner, which I like, able to, when you set it into the dream mode and it starts self-oscillating, you're able to modulate that oscillation and that pitch and that timbre and that that note uh, with your guitar signal or with whatever input you give it. So it's like you're able to wrestle and fight with one signal with another signal. Mm-hmm. Um which that interaction is much less straightforward than strictly adding two signals together or multiplying two signals together. Um, and so it gives you a lot more like nonlinearities and a lot less consistency. Um, it's not a great pedal for uh, if you want like um, presets and recallability, but that's never really been my, my thing. Mm-hmm. Very much about the fact that like I sit down and I like turn it on and I start messing with it it's something different than the last time that I sat down and messed with it. And the fact that it can function as a signal generator and a external signal uh, manipulator gives you the ability to then whatever other gear you have, you're able to really like mangle two together and have like a conversation between more than one piece of gear. That is one heck of a description. 
That's maybe the most heck of a description that we've had on any puddle so far. <laughs> I mean, we told me to get more. So yeah, no, yeah. I like it. That's great. He's a man of many words. That is great. What's Sometimes. number two? I know, honestly, it'd probably be Red Panda Tensor because it's basically a, uh, a sample manipulator pedal. It functions kind of like a delay looper, but it's it's so much more than that. Um, a- Andy, actually, he, he has one. Our from friend Andy Sir Pitcher Pro. from Sir Pro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stayed with us at the Airbnb that we were at when we were at Nam this summer. Uh, he showed us a lot of tips and tricks with it, um, like where it has like a, a certain amount of time for uh, recording like a loop if you're going to use it like a looper pedal. Uh-huh. But you can get more time than that because there's like a time like condense and like stretch knob, so you can like turn it up and it'll play back the what you recorded faster. Or you turn it down and it'll play it back slower, you know, lower pitch. Mm-hmm. If you turn it all the way down, record the maximum amount of silence, turn it up and record something back onto that, like an actual thing. Um, and so that will play back at the same speed, but you'll get more time out of it because the, the initial like yeah. silence blank layer was like right. the, the size of the window, right? You yeah. know, is then being time stressed. So you're actually changing the record size of the window yeah if you like have it going really fast and you record like i think it's like 4.6 seconds or something is the most you can record into the memory if you record it at the fastest speed and then you turn the speed all the way down you all of a sudden have a lot longer of a silence window that you can then record in real time on top of that is some serious physics man yeah we both went to school for electrical engineering so did you really stuff is like like, ooh, wow. <laughs> I might have to listen to that a couple times too. <laughs> All right. What do you have for number three? Honestly, I might just have to give a, uh, a throwback shout out to my uh, very first pedal, which was a, uh, was a metal zone. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Knowing the, what I know now, that I do. <laughs> utterance of metal zone so far <laughs> of everyone. Well, knowing what I know now that I didn't know then. It could definitely make it sound better than it does when it's stock. Uh huh. So there's like the two sides where like, I, you know, all this like dirt and stuff. I mean, everybody knows what a metal zone is and what it, what a metal zone sounds like. But it's really that like, it was like my first pedal. It predated my entry by like a decade into learning about how pedals actually worked. It was like the very first thing I got when I was like. 14 or something that's killer so it like it definitely holds like a spot and like uh my buddy john snyder actually from uh electrical audio experiments um his name probably gets new- dropped more than any other name on our show like yeah. like legitimately <laughs> he's the dude hey, <laughs> he, he's he's i don't know yeah. we uh we actually Sup, we john? met at college because uh, we went to school together uh, we tried to do a, uh, we were going to start our own like low key pedal company, like around like maybe junior year uh-huh. called uh, beer money's pedal, beer money pedals co. <laughs> and we were going to sell pedals just like, for just enough just to be able to buy Kitty. beer. Yeah, exactly. For space kitty. <laughs> uh, but neither of us knew what we were doing at the time. So we came over to my apartment and we tried to start working on an HM2 clone. And this was like, if we had, known what we were doing we would have been like just enough ahead of the curve of like the explosion of like hm2 based pedals 
but we couldn't get the first input buffer stage to work in real life or simulations. <laughs> so we kind of like gave up and we're like, ah, oh, we'll do this again some other time. And then we never did, but we both kept going with this journey independently. Yeah, he but was. he told me that uh, I could take all the silver caps out of my metal zone and it would sound better. And then I did. And then I texted him back and I was like, yo, dude, this doesn't make any sound anymore. Yeah. And he was like, oh, uh, you're only supposed to take out some of them, not yeah. all of them. But I'm not sure which ones. It was oh, my friend man. that told me that. And I was like, all right, yeah. I still have that pedal and the bag of capacitors somewhere around my desk with the intention to like get it back working right. in one of these days. Got to figure out what the decoupling from the filter caps right. are. Well, at the time, I did not know the difference, yeah. but now I do. Number right four. Now. Fourth one, it's four on the floor, buddy. Uh, there's definitely better shifters probably out there, but right now I'd probably have to say uh, my pitchfork because that allows me to do what I do. So in dog math, I play a baritone guitar. Yeah, I have an old uh, Seafoam Dan Electro covered in stickers and blood because <laughs> I don't know how to restrain myself during shows. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I don't want to play not? that thing, man. It's covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Chris picked it up once and he was like, I picked it up, start playing it, and I was like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to touch this anymore. Yeah, but uh, your guitar, man. Basically, what I do with my baritone is that I used to split the signal on the board so that I had the uh, guitar signal through my regular chain through a guitar amp, and then I would send the other copy of the signal through an octave down with no dry signal, uh, and then send that to a bass amp. Rad. Um, but I found out, or I realized. Uh, that the octave down signal sounded a lot better with the neck pickup rather than the bridge pickup. There's not as many high uh, high frequency harmonics to confuse it. Um, so I modified my baritone, put an extra hole in it, put a TRS jack on it so that I could send both pickups out independently. So I send the bridge to the rest of the guitar chain and I send the neck pickup through uh, like a compressor and into the pitchfork with O Dry, which I use for just like to basically be the bass player for our band. Um and Dang, it's like dude. a pretty much like always on, like not really a like cool, glittery, sparkly function. Um, but that project, especially live, would not it would not have the same impact and feeling without it. Like it's an always on kind of thing, but it's completely crucial um to having that like there's only two of us, but uh, if given enough amps, there's three amps and a drummer. <laughs> Rad. That's uh, I'm really impressed at your ingenuity with with uh, trying to carve out sounds that that either aren't there or that um, are yet to be revealed. Uh, that's that's one really impressive four on the floor. All right, follow that up there, uh, Christian. Dude, there's no way I'm gonna follow it up. There's no way. So, four on the floor. Uh, first thing that came to mind with the four on the floor is, um, well, first thing in my chain usually is the new Keeley compressor, the the sort of smaller one. Right. Um, I know I've got the compressor pro and everything, um, but the newer one, first of all, super cheap, does the thing really well. That's like, what more could you want? It's got a blend. It's got a, a single coil humbucker switch tone level sustain it's most versatile tool i think in 
and chains that I would run in, in Riptide Rush or whatever Gatorade <laughs> flavor it might be, you know. We're going to have Keely um, on the show here pretty soon. We, we just saw Oh, no up. kidding. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. Um, we haven't really uh, released any of this to the public yet, but we actually purchased one of his UV printers last week. Oh, cool. Um, to do um, all of our own printing here in Rochester. It's basically the last thing we need to take uh, manufacturing like completely in-house other mm. than like the PC. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, makes some really awesome pedals. I mean, he's been in the game for, what, 20, 25 years, something like that? Yep. You know, he's he's, he's a, a founding of father of the pedal monument. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what do you got for number two? I really love Delay a lot. I, I bought uh, like an OG Japanese... Uh, Rollins Space Echo on eBay when I was like 19. Mm. Um, and I still have it. Uh, still is in working order for sure, but I, I'm just a huge delay guy. And about what, a couple months ago, maybe I bought a... I just kind of scour Craigslist. I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there who just be like, okay, whatever. Guitar pedals and Craigslist, and then you, you find what you have, and it's a lot of like mower pedals and like yeah. stuff people are getting rid of and whatever but there was um an 80s memory man that this guy had up and it was like like freshly posted like 12 hours ago or something and i messaged him i was like yo is this available i'd love to come by pick it up and he's like yeah you can come by tomorrow whatever and i was like all right sweet and it was like 80 bucks or something and i was what? like yo. yeah this guy i don't think he knew what he had or he oh. was like willing to to sell it to me for that cheap because apparently he like looked me up on facebook and found my facebook and was like this guy's really into pedals like i don't mind selling it to this kid for mad cheap so anyway that's that's my number two i think it's like an 87 or 88 memory man it's all like scuffed up and stuff still has the original ic cable but that thing sounds so good what is it mn30007 Bucket Brigade delay chips or something. Oh, right, right. Yeah, same thing that's in um, John Snyder's uh, Electrical Audio Experiments. Um, oh, I forget if I messed that up. Sorry, John. But the same <laughs> chips that are in his thing. Uh-huh. Um, I can feel this, you on the Craigslist so thing, good. man. I I probably spend maybe an hour a day on Craigslist. It's so bad. Like, there should be a Craigslist yeah. help group. <laughs> <laughs> You know, honestly, Saturday mornings, I'll like maybe some Friday nights, I'll like have the free Craigslist thing set up. So when I wake up on Saturday for like the morning scroll, I'll be like, okay, here's what we got for Saturday morning free stuff. Cause in Rochester, <laughs> there's a lot of people giving away stuff or they'll be like, you know, curb alert. Sure. Here's like a, a shelf and all this, all sorts of stuff, you know? Yep. Yeah. All right. What do you got for number three? So yeah, we got the Evolution 2. Um, from the guys at Supro. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep making that joke. Um, but I don't know if everyone's aware of Pigtronics and Supro are the same company or they yeah. are owned by the same people. So they're in the same warehouse. Um, I did not know we're, that. We're buddies with them. Yeah, they're they're the same same thing. Pigtronics just bought Supro. That, uh, the Evolution 2, I'm not a huge fan of menu diving like uh me and matt are both really big modular heads and i have a module that's it's just got a menu screen and two encoder knobs that you kind of select between all sorts of stuff and i'm really not that into it yeah, but i don't like it yeah um this the evolution 2 has a uh five led selector screens for each knob and like buttons that you can do so you can select what 
uh, you want the expression pedal to control. So like, say you want it to control the time or the repeats or the modulation, or uh, there's two other settings I'm blanking on, but it pretty much has options for everything. Um, it's MIDI capable. Uh, really why I'm so stoked about it is because we've been using it to test one of our new pedals that we kind of did a soft release teaser at NAM. Um, it's a sort of like CV controllable thing. Um, so we've been using it to control the delay time. We've been using an evolution and we control the delay time with our amplitude of the guitar signal. Essentially, we built this box that you can control whatever you want, the time, the del or um, the modulation, whatever it might be. But I've come to love it through testing one of our other designs through it. Um, and also, it turns out Andy Pitcher showed us this trick in the evolution that's not described in the manual that you can control something with your envelope of your input signal so your amplitude we literally built a box for that and then he was like oh you guys didn't know you could just do that by holding this button down and we're like oh come on dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like it only works the evolution you can't hold it down and it envelope control like your uh your giga delay or something right yeah so um evolution 2 is my number three pictronics makes some very cool sleeper stuff Number four. My my number four, I got a Chase Bliss Womb Tone, um, one of the earlier ones when he was, um, like when it just came out and he was, uh, I think, no, actually when he released the version two of it, he had a sale that was like buy two of the version ones for half the price or something like that. The winter of 2016 like January 2016, me and my buddy Andrew Wilson from Camel Tone Electronics, we actually built up 50 of the womb tones in Rochester and then shipped them back to Joel from Same Chase Philly. Bliss. Yeah, so we did some really light contract work. I guess he was like in between manufacturers or something like that. So um, I ended up buying two of them from him to give to Andrew too because I was like, yo, we made these. Like... You know how much cooler can it get? Do you still have? Yeah, I'm you, super into all the have, Chase Bliss. You still stuff. have one of them, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept mine, and then I gave uh, one to Andrew, who who I'm I'm assuming he still has his. I don't know. He probably does. He's a he's a collector. Those are my four. Right on, solid four. That's that's, uh, that's a lot. That's eight. That's, that's eight. eight on the floor. Ooh. That's a bonus addition. Everybody, eight buffalo wings. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay. Pedals. That's what you guys make. Let's talk about those yep. pedals. So maybe you, <laughs> you people out there, you listeners have out there, have uh, heard of the Dream Reaper or the Outer Rings. The Outer Rings blew up, man. Holy moly. There was so much oh, action yeah. about that. The Glacial Zenith, the Whateverb, and, which is also, I, I will say, I want, I want to tell you guys, the Whateverb has made its way onto past four on the floors several times. No kidding. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Oh, yeah. We, that's actually our least selling pedal. Oh, well, it's some of the, it's been a favorite of, oh, yeah, of yeah, several yeah. audience uh, guests. Wow. You'll have to go back yeah. and check on who they are. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a sleeper pedal for some people. I yeah. Guess. It got, yeah, it got was, great uh, ratings. Um, yeah. You have the power couple, the I want to believe. Yeah. 
And yeah, that's uh, actually called the, the Fugs Pete. Fugs Pete. That's, that's right. That's right. I I didn't put the name on the pedal like any normal person would do. Well, it, uh-huh. it, it was it was the first pedal that Adventure put out, so you know he had to iron it was, out. It was the, a uh, second second kinks. pedal. Like, but, uh, Simon's yeah. growler doesn't totally. Yeah. Count. Right. Uh, yeah. I, anyway. Yeah. And the Demogorgon. <laughs> I said that right, right? Yeah. Right. Demogorgon. Yep. yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, Demi I like Lovato the German Morgan. pronunciation. Demikorgan. <laughs> the Demikorgan. Um, <laughs> or the iPad will have three or four IPA version. Yeah. Um, so, dudes, you guys put out some pretty heavy tones. They need some, I guess, understand how to use them. And 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 because uh, they're not, they, these aren't of uh, the normal ilk for the most part, um, especially the, uh, oh, the Outer Rings you. and the Dream Reaper. Before we get yeah. deep into that, I do want to find out like how. So you guys mentioned that you you went your electrical engineers. Tell, tell us the a little bit more about the the origin story of of how Adventure actually got started. Um, so me Christian talking right now. Uh, I started Adventure in an apartment in Philadelphia in 2014. Uh, just kind of. I, I just got out of college and I just moved to Philadelphia with some of my friends and I was like, this is awesome. You know, I'm in a city, whatever. I grew up in New Jersey and um, I was trying to find a job, literally applying to any place that would hire me. Like I was ready to flip burgers. I was ready to work at, you know, a donut place or whatever. And um, no one would hire me for whatever reason. And I was like, you know, this kind of sucks. I'm running out of money that I moved here with. Um and I remember looking at some of my gear that I moved there with and kind of popping it open and being like, this doesn't seem like super hard to do. Like maybe I could teach myself how to do this. And I already had a sort of inclination for audio gear and, and electronics and stuff. I've made a few kits before and stuff like that. So I was like, what if I made a pedal company that I could sell pedals, you know, maybe like three or four pedals a month and that would help me at least along the way, well, it doesn't eat at my savings, you know. So um, I started Adventure Audio. I kind of just stumbled on this, like, I was looking for a name, kind of stumbled on this thing on Tumblr, and it just said Adventure, and it really stuck out at me, and I was like, that's it, at Adventure Audio, that's the thing. And at the time, um, I was also an apprentice at DIYRecordingEquipment.com, uh, where they make... Uh, like DI boxes and 500 series stuff for all, for um, recording and mixing and all sorts of stuff like that. Really cool website. I, I started there in the early times when they started too. So I kind of was trained by him on how to start a small electronics, audio electronics business. So anyway, 2015 comes around I want to know more about audio electronics. I moved to Rochester, New York to attend the University of Rochester for my master's degree in audio electronics, more focused in acoustics and digital signal processing, DSP. Um, so then I I live in Rochester. I continue adventure. That's where the Fuzz Peaks kind of came along. And then um, in 2016, we met Matt. Was it, yeah, it was, was it 2015? I think it might have been the fall of 2015. He he messaged, he emailed me actually a year before while I was living in Philly, which is kind of weird. And he was like, hey, I'm thinking about going to University of Rochester was for that, the same thing. There was an email. So we both took this uh, online course through Coursera.org, I think it is. 
and it's like a, a website they have free slash you can pay for it. It's like courses uh, in different things that different universities like have the class in. You are did like an intro to audio electronics, and there was a like intro to audio electronics projects like PDF that you posted in the group chat thing for the mm-hmm. class. It was like, yo, I have this like old like 400 page book right it's got a pedal on, it's got like an open wah pedal on the front of it <laughs> yeah and you're like yo anybody that wants this like uh just email me and i'll send it to you and so i was one of people to hit them up and then after i got into u of r my google like plus sidebar they're like oh god please use our social media that we're trying to start please please here's people you know and one of them was Christian and was like master student at University of Rochester. And I was like, oh, whoa, no way. Like I just got accepted into the UR program. Like he took the same class I did. I should hit him up. Anyway, fast forwarding to fall 2015 semester. I, he was like, yeah, we should meet up and this and that. I'm on campus. So I was like, okay, sure. So I walk up and he's sitting at a picnic table and he's got his computer open and he's working on a perf board layout. And I remember uh-huh. thinking like immediately, we're going to be friends right now. Like you're <laughs> working on a guitar pedal design. I make guitar pedals. Like I just kind of sit down and we're talking and chatting and whatever. And then cut to step brothers. Did we just become yeah. best friends? <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty much exactly. happened. <laughs> yeah. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching coughs. <laughs> I know cost doesn't come on till four. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess what is that? Three years later. Um, yeah, this is like, yeah. Yeah. We've, um, we both live in this, um, 9,000 square foot warehouse in the slums of Rochester. That was once a flour mill in the 1930s. Oh, where? Um, cool. and it was like condemned for, 30 or 40 oh, yeah. years or something. We, we found a beer can in the wall of the basement. I'm pretty sure yeah. people have died in this building. Yeah, it's uh, it's freaky. But anyway, uh, our shop is in here, and uh, we also are kind of, um, I don't want to say partners, but I guess we're sharing the space with Wicked Squid Studios in Rochester. Um, we met a, a, our other roommate, Josh. So there's six people that live in this building, and we both, Adventure Audio and Wicked Squid, have our businesses here. So it's uh it's been working out pretty well. Um but uh, I guess that's the origin really. We kind of skipped a 2016 to 2018. That's okay. It's, well, yeah. So uh, there's, definitely, there's definitely a lot of in between, but that's the yeah. basics. Yeah, 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 for sure. So um okay, so that's a really good backdrop of your origin and you have uh, a pretty solid partnership. You're decided you're going to do you know, start building pedals. It's a pretty crowded market. Oh, yeah. uh, you guys are coming on right at the big wave of all this. How did you go about figuring to fit into all this? And ultimately, how did you guys get to the sounds that you're, ch- that you've been chasing? Uh, and, uh, right. you know, those kind of things. Well, I think a big part of fitting in, in this industry is also standing out. Mm-hmm. So, um, me and Matt have a sort of yin and yang dynamic when it comes to our skill set. He is really the mastermind behind the Dream Reaper and the Outer Rings. Like he uh, go go on about that. I feel like it's a lot of exploratory stuff. The uh, the item that you get 
the like it in the enclosure it being in the form that it's in like its final form is a lot of teamwork i don't mean to downplay that at all but the the like electrical like the design and engineering behind it those are both like my little like baby brain children right gotcha <laughs> and um, were those yeah. uh wh which one came first well i know i should say the outer rings i know was released after but uh, was that a concept before, or was that did it literally just get developed after you did Dream Reaper? Yeah. It's it's a strange, it was definitely after the Dream yeah. Reaper. It's okay. a strange origin of concept. We actually um, between uh, I think this was in 2017. I before we moved into this warehouse, we both had separate apartments, and my lease ended a month early, so I was living at his house for a month, and. Uh, Somebody from Mammoth Electronics actually contacted us and was like, hey, would you want to make a kit that we could sell and we'll just pay you outright for the design and blah, blah, blah. So and we're like, oh, let's do something simple, yeah. but like cool. Like we're right. not going to do a two, three uh, right. distortion kit, but like we're not going to make it overly complicated either. Yeah. Sure. So we're like, and Ring I made that's it cool. Then I made it overly complicated. Yeah. Like <laughs> I usually do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of Matt being like, what if we did this and this and this and this and this? And I'm just like, nah, how about we have to like sell this and like test it and like do that? And so how about we just kind of keep it limited? But it was kind of a, the outer ring is a good example of our battle of being like, how far can we push it before it gets too much? Yeah, like how far can we go, but still meet in the middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know yeah, that you Drew found Reaper, a middle, to be honest. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part of the fun is that exploratory yeah. process. It's like, yeah. how far can we go? And also where's the middle? Right. Also where's the beef? Yeah. Well, I, th outer I think we're just, it's something to note is that, you know, um, a lot of people, it, there, are, there are many different uh, consumer styles of pedals. There are some that are just like, you know, clamor around the, the traditional stuff. Uh, there are those who are like, you know, want to eke out on the edge. But you definitely struck a chord with a lot of people who became very vocal about this thing that was really challenging how they were using a pedal. At least that was my interpretation reading a lot of the posts, well, you know, featured the outer rings and, and a lot of the comments and, and just kind of understanding where people sat with this pedal. We want to have that challenge. We, I think people who play rock music and, uh, you know, most, I guess you could just say rock in general, uh, all sorts of forms like an element of danger. And this definitely you know, makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, we, we kind of leave room for the people that make those sort of rock style pedals to do their thing, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're more on the exploratory side of, if that's a word, I don't know, but we're definitely... Exploratory is definitely a yeah. word. All right, cool, because I'm not good at vocabulary. <laughs> that's why you but, got me, dog. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I think we, um, we definitely push the envelope when it comes to traditionalism. Mm -hmm. I have no place for traditionalism in my life. <laughs> that yeah, ended with the, the glacial zenith. Is that, is that what yeah. I'm understanding? Uh, yeah. That's, that's a third rendition of the first pedal that I ever did. It's actually based on a, a TS-808, uh -huh. but then... I was like, what if we did a boost? And then what if we did a, like a filter switch thing? And then it just became the Glacial Zenith. And now uh, we're going to launch the Glacial Zenith 2 with even more tone shaping, active three-band EQ, clipping oh, wow. selector, everything. I got to yeah, tell you, so at NAMM, I, I probably played with that pedal um, 
I played with that quite a bit. Um, I had I I, I kind of left the the Reaper alone because I knew that I was going to be able to play with that um, at home because uh, we, we were picking that up. But I was able to get a really great range of tones out of that, and uh, I appreciated playing with that. As it it's funny, I'm saying playing with these pedals. <laughs> Because uh, literally, you know, for those who, who aren't aware, uh, when you, uh, at least at this at this last NAM that we were at, um, uh, you know, it was just tables and tables full of of pedals that were all hooked up, and oh, yeah. you got to walk around with a a, a killer guitar and uh, pure, they had pure Salem guitars, yeah, pure and Salem, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, our buddy Grant does an awesome job at Big Year setting that whole thing up. Yeah. I it. We, we've been through that. That was the third year we've done that with him, and he, I've seen him stress out a lot over that. And well, he really we always get such a good job. Nashville being far away, we always get there at like 3 in the morning, like yeah. a day or two before NAM. And right. so he's always still like going about stuff, like getting all set up, just like putting everything yeah. he's got into it. Big Year pedals. If you haven't checked him out, you definitely should. Great dude. Definitely. He's uh, scheduled on the show too. So um, we're, ca- awesome. we're catching nice. up to all the people. Nice. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about, I, I think, another big showstopper you have right now, which we have in front of us is the Dream Reaper. And this one uh, yeah. took uh, quite a few ropes to wrangle. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. help, us, help, help us and our audience understand the Dream Reaper. Um, it- Okay, maybe Matt should definitely take over this one, but I was going to say maybe we should start with a, a question because I think it's always something that's, you know, someone's confused about or what, you know, knob combination or something. Uh-huh. Oh, you want- well, So basically, uh, the Dream Reaper, I started working on what has become the Dream Reaper uh, before I was a part of Adventure Audio. And I had a friend that like right before I moved here was like, oh, I want like this pedal that you started making, but like without this option instead, maybe something like weirder and glitchier. And then I like branched off of that. I had uh, this friend, uh, she and another friend were running like a, a feminist punk scene called Basement Babes. And I wanted to like make like a pedal that was just like gnarly and loud and like dirty and just like angry and like a lot of noise for them to use as like a giveaway and like put the artwork as like the pedal and just use that. And that was kind of how I started to stumble on the dream reaper like circuit. And I was like, Oh, I'm still going to do this, but like, I got to like keep pursuing what, what this sounds like. Mm -hmm. Um, so the very first original like quote unquote dream reaper was a giveaway. that has two knobs and two foot switches um, that has like a black and white like middle finger on it for a feminist <laughs> punk scene. Um, and it was yeah. really, I was really stressed out trying to like spray paint it right. It was like, it was really cool though. I was really stoked that it came out and I like kept pursuing it and I kept working on it and wanted to like see how far I take the concept of like, all right, I turn on this like feedback, I get the sound. If I turn the knob, the sound changes. Like what other parts of this circuit can I put on knobs that will like change the sound in a cool way yeah so um, but anyway back to the the sort of controls and somewhat confusion of the dream reaper I feel like some people get confused about the the sense knob and the force toggle um, just to clarify a little bit when the force toggle is down the sense knob is just not activated at all so when you turn it up, then the sense knob kind of becomes your input volume in a way. 
So if you think about like that sort of Jack White like squealy thing, if he's like messing with his knobs on the guitar and like, rear, rear, yeah. kind of thing, you know, it's a, my best vocal representation. You mean of when that. he's uh, ripping off yeah. Riptide Rush? Yeah, Very good exactly. Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, when there's a buffered pedal before the Dream Reaper, like Matt was saying, the Dream Reaper doesn't react the same to your volume and your tone knobs on your guitar. So we essentially the force switch and the sense um, knob kind of act as if you were to pull off your volume guitar on and put it on to the Dream Reaper so you can kind okay. of manipulate it. Uh, you know, one thing I found is that these this pedal especially reacts very differently uh, between humbuckers and single mm-hmm. coil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's based on the impedance of your... Yeah, so especially when you're plugged straight into the Dream Reaper. Uh, so when you set it into Dream Mode, the Dream Reaper is basically it's a it's an oscillator. Uh-huh. Um, so the whole system is through positive feedback. It's oscillating at a certain waveform at a certain pitch. Your guitar can be uh, it can be represented as inductor capacitor resistor circuit so an lrc circuit clearly what essentially all, all guitars are yeah exactly because your your pickup is essentially an inductor and then there's resistance and capacitance because of your tone controls and your volume control whatever mm-hmm. jared but just verified that uh, for everybody so i nodded my head yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> But so, but basically, what all that amounts to is that uh, if you have a circuit that has the potential to self-oscillate, and you connect a uh, resistive, uh, inductive, capacitive circuit to it, that subcircuit acts as what's a thing called a tuning tank. And so, basically, inductors and capacitors do the same thing, but in opposite directions, essentially. So if a capacitor, if they're connected, a capacitor is discharging and an inductor is charging. If the inductor is discharging, the capacitor is charging. So if you have a circuit where they go up and down, back and forth, and you plug up a speaker to that, you get an oscillating tone if it's in the audio rate. And that's essentially what the Dream Reaper does. Mm. Essentially, Among a lot yeah. of other things, yeah. Um, we will be supplying a glossary of terms uh, at the... <laughs> The show downloadable PDF. Oh man, <laughs> Dude, Matt, you should just walk around with a glossary of terms so you, you hand out to people. Please read I, this before you speak with me. I do. It's called my brain. Uh, so it, look, if anybody's confused about this, the best thing to do is just go on to YouTube and check out some demos because uh, one thing mm-hmm. that people have done is they've done a very good job of helping uh, helping to understand how this pedal acts and reacts. Um, and whatever you For do. Sure. Don't plug your telly straight into it with all the knobs up or with all the knobs and then oh, that was how and I then just turn it. everything on <laughs> without proper ear protection. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. The, the proper ear protection loud. is crucial, but a telly yeah. is what I did design right. it with. Yeah. We uh, do have a uh, suggested settings on our website uh, under the Dream Reaper, and then you go into the additional information. There are suggested settings. So if you're looking for like a lighter tone, it kind of uh, ranges from like nice. a light to tone to like a you really can, crazy. Yeah, you can get like gated yeah. oscillations where like it only kind of oscillates when you hit a note. And then as the note dies out, the oscillations also kind of die out. Uh-huh. If you're really curious uh, about certain types of sounds and setting that of it, or you're having trouble getting what you want out of it, 
Feel free to email me yeah. as a general go. public thing. Like, there you go. Up. Nice. I will uh, I will do my best to get back to you, yeah. and uh, I want you to get the most out of it. We're just a couple tone nerds. We yeah. email that kind of stuff all day. Let's do it. So I have a uh, a Mutron biphase at home, and um, <laughs> why is that funny? It, that that pedal's awesome. Yeah, it I, is. I don't think it's, it's funny the, at all. No, it, it's not the pedal that's funny. It's it's Jared, how I Jared why brought it up. Special, <laughs> special way. Of yeah. So things. But I was going to add to the the instruction um, portion of of the conversation. I this Mutron biphase. It's huge. It's like a big. It's like not a pedal that you have on the floor. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's got like you a put big it on stand. A mic stand. Yeah, I put it on right. a mic stand. It's got the thing underneath for that. But uh, right. anyway, yeah, yeah. it it actually comes with templates. You can set over all of the buttons and switches. Oh sweet! And it it shows you like here's a stereo biphase and here's a you know ultra oh. phaser and here's a this or a that. So yeah. I think. Oh, I'm no. into that. Yeah, we, we should uh, do that. that yeah, like a template thing. We should include flashcards. Right. Yeah, like yeah flashcards that fit over Well, I was the thinking um, we have a 3D printer that we've been printing a lot of uh, all sorts of stuff that we have on the website. Um, but if we 3D printed a sort of template that goes over it, is it, are you talking about like a, like an old school projector kind of clear paper template? Is that no, what it's just, yeah, it's a solid like piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like printed. a, oh. Yeah. It's not really, it's just a really, solid piece of paper like a wax card paper card yeah cardstock some, gotcha. something like that okay. yeah like an yeah. old like what 70s we... template kind of thing yeah yeah well it's a template so, it just goes over the the whole thing yeah so. what if we did uh what if we did a cardstock but we got something from home depot or something that was like the whiteboard material you can do like a veneer (laughs) over (laughs) so you can just kind of whiteboard all your marker settings and then have them erased when you get to the show yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly that's That's how it works yeah so uh honestly anytime dogmath plays a show i like set all of my knobs like during sound check i'm like all right Right? well this is the sound that we're gonna have tonight yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh so listen what are you guys we'll we'll uh start wrapping up your uh big interview show part of this i'm curious because you you kind of have the 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 sort of the the pre dream reaper and you have post dream reaper stuff Mm -hmm. now that you guys have converged where where are you going oh man it's, is uh, that too big of a question? A long list. <laughs> it's a long list of stuff. We, we, we've talked about a lot. We, we're keeping a lot, a lot of, of secrets. We, I yeah, mean, the Outer Rings came out in February, and since February, we've designed probably seven or eight other things that wow. are not released yet. Uh, so, we're and then, and then kinda, like another like ten plus things that aren't quite at that stage yet, but have been conceptually designed. Uh huh. And, and uh, are all these usable? Hopefully. <laughs> um, well, they hey, have one, more one than of the things seven I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some, uh, some of them, some of them not. Yeah. yeah. You know? we're, um, we're actually, we have very um, expensive plans to go into the modular synth market, considering both of us are turning into huge modular synth guys. Oh, that's, that's, um, that's so we're going right to kind now. of pivot that. That's, that's what, what uh, the CV jacks on the outer rings was kind of alluding to. It's, it's partially that and it's also partially like bringing the ethos of modular workflow 
two pedals as well as bringing pedals to modular. Right. Mm. Pedals, I feel like people think of pedals as a very serial yeah, thing. It's like, like you one plug after this the into other. this into this into this it, and that chain you know right. but it modular acts on the thing before it but it doesn't communicate with the thing before so it, right? hey, re- really quick yeah i think you just started to touch on something uh it, the difference between the way that we look at something serial and then the way that we mm-hmm. uh you were just describing modular i think modular is yeah. a term that has a lot of different meanings could you uh right. maybe so, just describe that with without uh the full-blown glossary for sure uh, yeah um so uh, modular just means that you can fit one piece into a system really that's you know it's a uniform mm-hmm. piece that fits into a system so we're designing more specifically euro rack modules that have a specific power system and all this and that blah 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 but but, but basically modular means that one thing that one thing does one particular function and that's it like you can have different pieces of gear that perform different functions and you're able to make them communicate together in different ways because they're not hardwired together or connected serially. So like one thing, it might have an input and an output, but it might also have a control input that controls something else about it. Right. Right. So instead of just input, output, and so knobs. So if you think about it in pedal terms, say you have like an overdrive and a delay and a reverb, right? right? So maybe you can control the amount of overdrive with the repeat of the reverb or the repeat of the delay or something. Maybe you can control the amount of reverb with your amplitude of your input signal. Maybe you can control something else with uh-huh. whatever else. It's not necessarily a serial system. It's like one thing reacts to another thing that controls another thing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like having extra sets of hands that can control the knobs, but they can control those knobs based off of what something yeah. else is doing. I think that's really where pedals are headed now. Is like people are kind of get yeah. It's like okay, yeah, I've seen this chain before, whatever. I've heard this sound, but like people haven't really experimented in the pedal world with ways that other pedals can manipulate other pedals while you're playing them. Yeah. That opens up a whole new can of worms. I mean, that's what we were talking about with the, uh, the evolution earlier, uh, and this pedal that's not actually a pedal that we like soft released at Nam. Basically it's an envelope follower with multiple, uh, can envelope control outputs and it has signal shaping controls, like kind of how it responds to your envelope. Okay, you're so not allowed to say basically in front of anything anymore. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, welcome uh, to my life. <laughs> as a practical matter. <laughs> well, so you can use it to uh, make any other effect with a control input uh, envelope controlled. So instead of like just having envelopes refi- like constrained to uh, envelope filters, you can control the delay time with your envelope you can control the phasing of your phaser with a delay time you could or with uh, your envelope you could control the amount yeah. of gain you have with your envelope so like the the harder you hit it the more dirt you have the lower same thing with like a chorus the harder you hit the note the faster the uh oh, rate right, of the chorus right. the lower yeah. the the, the quieter kind of you hit the note the slower the rate of the chorus didn't yeah, MXR have a box that uh, did did something like that a long like several years ago? Uh, shoot, what's it called? 
it was an overdrive that responded to your attack. Um, oh, yeah. That's the same it, idea. It sounds it like a, a dirty compressor. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It was like a brown one. Uh, it might have been a mm-hmm. boss, but it was either a boss or an MXR. The name escapes me right now, but essentially it was like a dynamic distortion right. uh, or dynamic yeah. overdrive that, you know, if you attacked really hard, it, it kind of like went with you. Right. Um, yeah. Kind of neat. It didn't really do so hot for whatever reason at that yeah, yeah. when it came out but wrong wrong time man yeah i feel like now is the right time to do well it was pre and i think that the, it was pre-inception so which clearly you guys have watched many <laughs> too many times leo <laughs> um awesome man well, well I, I cannot wait to hear about to all other. of these new pedals coming out i think it's been really exciting and i'm glad you yeah. guys are out there pushing the um envelope no pun intended yeah. Um, so <laughs> make glad sure. that you're glad, man. Basically, yeah, for stuff. real. Yeah, basically, you're pushing. Basically. Me <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna play that out. I'm gonna play that out. <laughs> yeah. You need. I'm, you I'm need... not gonna hear the end of it for weeks now. <laughs> I'm be like, yo, I made this thing that, uh, and he's gonna be like, that basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure, man. Uh, so yeah, make sure that you keep us abreast of all the upcoming stuff. I mean, legitimately it's, it's, it's exciting stuff because I think people are constantly wondering like, when are the pedals going to just completely plateau plateau out? Like what's going to happen so far? It, 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 people keep finding new ways to, to eke it, eke out new life Mm -hmm. around it. But there are those who are like out on the fringes who are, who are just taking several steps ahead. And I don't think everybody's really caught up with that yet. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, so thank you for yeah, uh, your, your uh, views and your work within the guitar community and for sharing your background and your story. Um, pretty interesting and complex. Oh, yeah. I, I really appreciate <laughs> yeah, this opportunity you. to share it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, you bet. Um, I pleasure. also want to give it uh, just a quick It's non- been a great opportunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that you uh, just put out a thing on, uh, on Instagram um, that uh, essentially called out to your audience and said, hey, we need a little help. Yeah. And you got that um, back in a big way, right? Yeah, you're talking about the Kiva loan? I think so. Basically. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so essentially what Kiva, Kiva.org is a company that was founded by four ex-PayPal employees that said, you know, to, to frick with PayPal and um let's start a company that helps small businesses grow right so they were like maybe we can do this sort of crowdfunding thing because we still have ties with paypal and we still have all these connections and everything maybe we can pull in some strings and then get this whole thing going so they're a a multi-million dollar a multi-million person organization that essentially is a a bunch of small business owners multi-million person small business owner if i could say that again i want to say dollar but that's not yeah Mm -hmm. but either way essentially um the idea is that um people small business owners it could be anybody really family members friends whoever will lend you 25 dollars towards a specific cause Mm -hmm. so it's not like a a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or a GoFundMe or where you don't see that money back. It's a loan. Like they lent us money oh, essentially to do this thing. So, oh, nice. So we, yeah. So um, 
even though it's PayPal's baby started by uh, um, four ex-PayPal employees, PayPal ended up buying the company back, but they don't have any association with it. But the people who told me about this whole thing said that they were. So I was like, I mean, we, we do we work in capital with PayPal anyway. So it's, so it's um, a non-bank loan loan. Yeah, essentially. And uh, like so what we had to do... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, we had to prove to Kiva and the city of Rochester, New York, that enough people yeah, gave a shit about yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, enough, stuff yeah. about what we were doing. So we had to prove to the city of Rochester, New York, and Kiva that enough people it wanted to lend us money and trusted enough trusted us enough with twenty five dollars a piece, kind of thing. So they were like, okay, so w- what you have to do is have. 30 people lend you $25 and then the global Kiva community will take care of the rest. Wow. So we actually broke the record for the fastest Kiva loan funded in Rochester, New York in under 24 hours or something like like, that. It ended up, we didn't need the, like the public Kiva like group at all. Like we privately through Kiva got, yeah. They like they had me days. submit this document of like my business plan and uh my following and my email list and all this and that and they were like we just want to make sure that you're going to get the funding because it looks bad on us if you don't do it and everything and then we broke the record and I was like I have no worries that we're <laughs> going like, to get oh, the funding. Oh, you guys did really great. Yeah. Nice. So essentially what we did we did a $10,000 loan um that we're paying back at, at the Awesome part about Kiva, it's seriously, like utilize this. If it's in your city, use Kiva.org because it's interest free. There's wow. no interest at all. And we got a ten thousand dollar loan, zero percent interest for three years. We have three years to pay K I V A. So it's K I V A dot org. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um so yeah, and you can go, I think, from a thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars, whatever you want to do. Um and it helps that if you go to your city hall and say, hey, I'm doing this thing, can you help me out? And they're more than happy to help you because they want small businesses to grow in their city. You know? Sure. That's a great um, idea. So we, we took that $10,000 and we bought a UV printer from Keeley Electronics, which is what we're going to get next week. Nice. Hell yeah. Nice. Super yeah. cool. Well, when you're down there, tell them we said hello, will you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for we'll sure. do, for sure. Um. All right, we're going to get on to uh, Jared's favorite segment. Which is, would you rather? (laughs) All right, wrap it up. Have an actual tape delay pedal, like the Echoplex, or would you like to have a tape delay simulated delay pedal? So basically, would you rather the old vintage awesome tape delay mm-hmm. that you actually has a tape yes that's a you have to be neutral bad moderator yeah. or would you rather have an awesome I, super okay. there you go basically a, <laughs> basically. a, a newer you know trouble free probably never give any trouble you know <laughs> now you're over digital delay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i know oh my okay. God. I, I feel like i have two i have two sides of the answer okay i have go two first. reasons why i pick one or the other well I, I told you before i'm a huge delay head and i have a rolling space echo uh, 201 right on uh-huh. course or RA201 whatever and I do have the memory man and Matt has a flashback and we got the evolution and everything but I will say 
the actual tape echo sounds way better, but it has a lot more maintenance involved. Oh, yeah. And the tape deteriorates over time and this and that. But the value of a vintage unit will go up over time rather than now I feel like delay pedals are getting kind of mass produced and whatever, and it might slump a little bit. And then 40 years from now, it might go up. But right now, vintage tape units are worth a lot more. They okay. were they were made here ex- in Ohio. They're, they're only expected to go up. Were they? Wait, what? I'm pretty Echo sure that yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Don't Somebody know. look it up and put Echo, it on the Echoplex social media. specifically. Yeah. Echoplex yeah, specifically, sure. and then like the the Catalan bread like Echoplex kind of pedal. I know they do something that's like an Echoplex pre thing. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't there? There's the T Rex replicated. Yeah, that. Oh they're not, yeah, they're made. Oh, yeah. Who that, knows? You know what? Yeah, that yeah. thing's mad cool because there is CV on that. Yeah, that is yeah. a that is a mighty nice pedal. That's a big heavy pedal too. Oh yeah. Uh, Tony, yeah. what are you going with? I, I got to go with the the original stuff. All I mean, right. I just I yeah, it is a. They are notorious. Tapes are harder to find, especially for like a true Echoplex. But there is, I mean, as good as the sim- the simulations have gotten, I still don't hear the same thing that I hear. And, you know, we've talked about the, the EP1 that I have, which is a pedal that's based on the, uh, the preamp circuitry for, for an Echoplex. And there's a lot of guitar players that use that even without the echoplex they just use that yeah, section, the preamp the preamp yeah. section and just to clarify as I, as I was recently corrected not too long ago the the more sought after echoplexes are actually the solid state ones not the old tube ones interesting so there you have well it. there you go so i'm going with the true mm-hmm. tape okay yeah well the fourth the fourth version was the transistor version i feel like the 1 through 3 was tube right uh, I, I think you might be right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the fourth one was the last one they made, and they were like, we're going to get hip to transistors and this and that, and it didn't sound quite right. And then they were kind of, they uh, yeah, they like, sl- they kind of slumped out because it didn't sound so good. Hmm. I actually, I did a, um, this is kind of funny, I did like a reggae sort of uh, presentation on the evolution of vintage delay on oh. 420 for my like master thesis or oh, something, cool. something like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did like on the Echoplex and the Space Echo RE20 or RE201. Um, and I remember reading that the Echoplex 4 version 4 was the trans the first transistor version and the one that made that company go out of business because <laughs> it sounded like crap. <laughs> well, there you have it. Yep. So the two ones, get the tube ones. Okay. One through three. Then I stand recorrected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew I was right, damn it. Well, the first yeah. Echoplex uh, with vacuum tubes was marketed actually in 1961. And, no uh, yeah. So. And yeah, they were made in Akron, Ohio. Oh, okay. that's where they originated. Wow. So, all right, more yeah. than just tires. Yeah. Oh, that's true. All right. So, what are you doing there, Matt? <laughs> Which one are you Honestly, choosing? I, I guess I'd probably have to go with the OG just because it's because if it, the digital delay, like I somehow have to be able to get into their like their source code and like manipulate things through there to really make it do some weird stuff 
but with analog electronics, it's way easier to get in and hack. Right, circuit bend. Yeah, so I'd ha- I'd have to go with the OG just because it's easier for me to uh to do things other than what was intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Easier I, to adventure, if you will. I <laughs> have to. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with the actual new one. Sorry, so I don't have to hassle yeah. with all the big old yeah, stuff. Man. Totally understandable. I, yeah. If 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 I weren't able to make it sound a way that it wasn't supposed to sound, then I would totally go with the new newer digital version. Yeah. It's like well, you the, could plug into the, the output and the out, and then go from the output to your amp or the input to your amp. That okay. would sound really different. Yeah, it would. Jared, what are you doing? <laughs> <sighs> well. That was awesome. Wow. I'll have to edit that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go with the original. Title. I'm going to go with the original as well. And I'm going to just hide it with all my other gear so nobody else can get to it. <laughs> but uh, uh, welcome. It, it, right. But if I were playing out every weekend, <laughs> of course, I would do the, the digital. But, you know, as far as for my own playing pleasure, I will definitely go with the original. Nice. Nice. Okay. We have wrapped yeah. that segment up. We're going to get out of here with some a uh, little bit of business. Guys at Adventure Audio, uh, where can people find you on the internet? AdventureAudio.com, AdventurePedals.com, Adventure underscore audio on Instagram. So if you sign up for our newsletter on AdventureAudio.com, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That sounds nice. like a killer nice. deal. Cool. I wish I got that kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So everybody, make sure you go check out uh, that opportunity on their website. And not only will you get free news about those pedals, and there's a lot coming up apparently, uh, but you'll get 10% off of your first order, which is yeah. mighty cool. Nice. Not to mention you'll get notifications when we do B-stock sales and sometimes we do limited run prototype sales and stuff like that. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter. Like the Grim Reefer. I mean, the, uh, sorry, the, the Dream the dream Reefer. Oh, we haven't yeah. announced that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Todd. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now I have to, now I feel like a dope because I called it the Grim. It's impossible you not to like call it the Grim Reaper. <laughs> No, yeah. wait, you know what we're going to do? We're going to save you and we're going to make one tomorrow. Oh, beautiful. Don't fear the reefer. Uh, yeah. Dope reefer. Okay, know. Tony, where, yes. where can people find you? Well, for all those custom pick guards and pickup spacers and everything else plastic that I make. Good stuff. Go to pickguardian.com, home of Pick Guardian, where you can see some fun projects and different things and offerings and if you don't see it on there shoot me an email and we'll discuss it send me a cocktail napkin with a sketch on it and i'll make it that's, that's what i yep. do yeah that is true jared where can people Love find that. you brandonwoundpickups.com we do uh, custom boutique stuff and we also do old vintage spec stuff uh rewinds at a really low fair uh price and we're very fast about it Jared at brandonwoundpickups.com. Find me on Instagram, too. I'm always messing around, putting cool photos up. All right. Perfect. Oddly. Well, you can just shoot me a a message at Todd at theguitarnobs.com. But more importantly, Tony. Yes. We got to thank some people. Yes. We need to thank our executive producers. Yep. Now, 
You may say, well, what's the executive producer? I don't know. Well, I don't know. No, you go over to Patreon.com. That's right. There's many, 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 many different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get in. You get some fun prizes for just uh, becoming They're a rewards, patron. really. They're rewards. Stickers yeah. to I put like on to your call case. Them it's, not a it's not a ring toss. Well, stickers. it would be nice okay. to do that. So you got stickers and buttons and T-shirts and all kinds of fun. But most importantly, at this time of the show, to thank a very special group of people. And, 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 and one of the benefits, in addition to all those great prize packages, is... You get to have your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. Do so it. without further ado, I would like to read our list of executive producers. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff. David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Derek Fitzer, Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean S. Chris Kearney, John Anglin, Robert Marfleet, Darren Gregory, Gary Goodman, and Beckett, Zach J. Wright, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Brad Potridge, and Doug Gann. That's right. Thank you. My guys. From the bottom of thank our hearts. You. Everybody, seriously, thank you so much for, for helping out um, at whatever level you're at. You know who you are. You're listening. Um, I correspond with all of you uh, as, as much as humanly possible, and we are very, very grateful. It helps keep the show running. Uh, we want to give a humongous thanks to Adventure Audio uh, from Matt and Christian for joining us uh, for this episode. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks you for guys. having us. This is awesome. That was a huge list of executive producers. I'm really impressed, honestly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, There's room for more. Oh, yeah, plenty more. Tony's got a lot of wind, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, for real. Yeah, you bet, man. And um, make sure everybody go out there and check out those Adventure Audio pedals. Go check out some demos. See what where you'd like to enter beep, into beep, their uh, pedal world. Get uh, there's that a place 10% for everybody. discount. Yeah, for sure. That's 10%. right. Yeah. It's all yeah, yours. For real. And in the meantime, subscribe! Yeah. Yeah, you have to go deep into the cockles of each pedal. Got to figure out what the decoupling from the filter caps right. are. Hey, everybody. This is the Adventure Audio interview. And, Smooth uh, jazz. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know who that is, honestly. Oh, he was he was in the Chesterfield Kings, and he's in a, <laughs> another band. Oh. You know, um, back in the 30s. Um, <laughs> no. So young back then. Wait. Basically, well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.